Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. For he is worthy. Oh, so worthy. We praise. From the rising of the sun. Colossians 3 and 4. Right. And to the great angel of this church, Amen. Pastor Gerald Ballou, right. and to the angel of the Spirit of Truth Missionary Baptist Church, right. Pastor E. Frank Ellison. Amen. Amen. To all the officers, members, and visitors. Good evening. Amen. Well, I don't want to prolong the time, any. So let us turn to the book of Hebrews. Chapter 12. The book of Hebrews. Yes, sir. Chapter 12. And when you have it, please say amen. 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 In the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, starting at verse 1, you will find these words. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. On this evening, I would just like to speak with you for a few moments from the thought. Run on. All right. Run on. Come on, preacher. Run on, preacher. Run on, preacher. Run on, preacher. Eternal God, our Father. Lord, we thank you once again, Master, for another day's journey. Lord, you've been so kind and you've been so sweet, Master. But now the hour has come. That you are to preach to us, O oh God. Lord, if you do not preach, we will not hear. But Lord, we're eagerly anticipating a word from on high. Preach, Lord. Teach, Lord, your word. Open the scriptures up to us and edify us, correct us, and direct us so that we'd be better Christians than when we first came in. These things we ask in the blessed name of Jesus. And the whole church said, Amen. On tonight, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, uh -huh. first of all, the writer of Hebrews being one who is unknown, uh -huh. some say Barnabas, some say Paul, yeah. others name other prophets and other preachers. Yeah. Yeah. But on tonight, I contend that that's not the most important the most important thing to know about the book of Hebrews 
is why it was written. The book of Hebrews were written to the Jews to let them know that their Judaizing way was not superior to the new way which comes through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ being a more excellent way. A more excellent Sabbath rest. A more excellent mediator. A more excellent priest. A more excellent sacrifice from sin. And it only comes through the sinless lamb of God. Through this lamb of God, no longer with morning and evening they have to sacrifice at the altar inside the court of the tent of meeting. But it is a once and for all sacrifice coming through Jesus Christ that is eternal in the heavens. For once and for all, the payment for sin is satisfied in Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Romans that God demonstrated his love toward us that while we were yet sinners, he died. So as we begin to unpack this text, Verse 12 opens up and says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. In the backdrop of chapter 12 is the great chapter 11 of Hebrews, which we affectionately call the Hall of Faith. In the 11th chapter of Hebrews, there was a litany of those who trusted God and exemplified what was pleasing unto the Lord, and that is having faith in Him. So as we begin to unpack this text, let us see what the writer is saying about this cloud of witnesses. For one, in chapter 11, it opens up talking about Abel. The son of Adam and Eve, who also had a brother named Cain. But the Bible said he gave a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Because Abel followed the dictates that God prescribed, he had a more excellent sacrifice. See, Abel gave of the animals that he sacrificed one who had no blemishes. And the blood was sprinkled for the remission of sin. But his brother Cain wanted to come the way he wanted to do it, and he figured he wouldn't waste anything special with his animals, but go get a fruit offering. But God let him know that that was not enough and it wasn't pleasing to him. So evil rose up in Cain's heart and he killed his brother. Today I want you to know that when you serve the Lord Jesus Christ, it may just very well cost you your life. But encouraging you tonight, I want you to know that when you serve the Lord Jesus Christ faithfully and exacting the way he wants you to do, then the works that you do live beyond you. The Bible lets us know that Abel, when his blood was spilled from the ground, he still speaks. After his death, the work that he did lived beyond him. I don't know about you, but I wish that some of the works that I do today would live beyond my short life. But I know that the promises are here for sure if I do 
of Noah, all alone, trusting God to build an ark for a rain that had never come before. I want you to know, saints of God, that God has some promises for you that the world has never seen before. So this walk is not one you're going to be able to walk in, figure it out, but you're going to have to trust God and believe what the Lord has said it shall be. Even though there's no empirical evidence, even though there's no historical analysis, you yet please God because God is not a man that he should lie. His promises are true. He's not the son of man that he should repent. Whatever he says that he's going to do, he will do, and it's a perfect work, and it has the greatest good that will ever be. So as we continue to look at these witnesses, our friend Abraham, who was called a friend of God. Abraham, the Bible says he was good as dead, but God. But God said that he would have a descendancy that would number the sands of the seashore. Who can number the grains of sand on the seashore? So as God said, the promises would be for the descendancy of Abraham. But here is Abraham. He's old and over the hill. He's past any days of having children. And he is good as day. But God. See, when we look at our physical circumstances, and we try to figure out whether or not what we are doing is possible, we make a fatal error. Mm-hmm. All right. Because it's not on what we can see or figure out. But it's all what God says and promises to you. Yes, yes. All right. He can do what no other power can do. Yeah. Is there anything too hard for God? The answer is no. God can do the impossible because he specializes in the impossible. But looking once again at the friend of God, Abraham, he was called on to sacrifice the only son that God gave him, which was Isaac. He was called to sacrifice him. And on the road, he said that we would return together again. Knowing that God called him to put him on the altar and kill him, he yet believed that God would bring them back. He didn't know how. And he didn't know when. But he knew who God was. He knew that God had the power to even resurrect from the dead. There may be somebody in here right now who has a ministry, who has a career, who has something that they believe that's dead. But if God has promised you this, you have to believe that you will be resurrected. That your ministry be resurrected. That your career be resurrected. Because a God is not a man that he should lie. But that's personal to each one of us. God has given us something personal. And the Holy Spirit speaks to you about your situation. And I don't care how it looks. I don't care how it works out mathematically on a board. I 
don't care what the historical analysis about it is. Right. You believe God. Yeah. And watch God work in your life. There were those who were sick, who should have been sick until they died. Jesus said to them, by your faith, you have been made well. You just keep believing and running on. You just keep your trust in Jesus Christ. You keep the faith and watch the Lord deliver you from whatever situation you're in. Of playing Abraham once again. The Bible says Abraham left out from his people and his family to go to a place that God had promised him. But he didn't even know where he was going. I just talked about us trying to see our way through. I can't seem to see it. But all you're really supposed to be doing is believing it. It's not about us figuring out the how, but knowing that God has given us the what. It's God's responsibility to work out the how. You just believe it and receive it and watch the salvation of the Lord work in your life. When we look at this, we find that Abraham didn't have a great map. He didn't have the atlas or some great documents with road signs. All right, all right. But God said, go out and I'm going to show you a place. Some of y'all got some great things that God has said he's going to show. But it's taking a little while. Maybe it's taking a year when you thought it should have been a month. Maybe it's taking five years when you thought it should have been a year. But I want you to know that God is not slack according to his promise as men count slackness. Sometimes it's going to take a while in your life. But realize a day is to a thousand years as a thousand years is to a day with the Lord. He sees it all panoramic view at once. So a few years ain't nothing to go. So you keep trusting and you keep believing. Yeah. And know that the Lord can do what he said he can yeah. do. Yes, but you got to walk in faith. Yeah. The Bible says faith without works is dead. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. if you're going to walk in faith, you have to work according to the faith that you confess. Yeah. Yeah. If you believe God's got something from you down the road that you haven't been able to figure out or see, walk as if it already is. Yeah. 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 And watch how the God manifested in your life. And so as we continue in this text, it says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Now that we began to see what the Hebrew writer was saying, the writer of Hebrews was saying that Jesus was a more excellent way. The problem was is that the Judaizers would not enter They came right up to the edge. They looked over in there and said, yeah, that looked real good. But they would not let go of the law. They would not let go of trying to have a works theology instead of a faith theology. So they got real close and they said, oh, that looked good, but I got to hold on to my lambs and bullocks. I got to hold on to my grain offerings. I got to hold on to my sin offerings. I got to hold on to all these 
lot of things yeah. that the Bible says does not say. Yeah. All that was doing was showing their more sinfulness day by day. Yeah. And so the writer said, come on in. Don't stay outside. Don't stay on the edge because inside is the fullness of joy. Inside at his right hand is treasures forevermore. Inside is life more abundant. Inside is the real reconciliation in Jesus Christ. So the sin that so easily ensnared was the sin of works instead of faith. But let us not leave that as an ancient idea. Because we are still doing it today. Churches all over the country, people with inside the churches are still trying to work out salvation. Yeah, I know the text says work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. But that doesn't mean what it means for you to be regenerated and brought into the household of faith. You're working out in your sanctification process, but not your initial salvation process. But there are those that are trying to be good enough first before they receive Jesus Christ. I'm not good enough. I haven't picked enough old ladies across the street. I haven't gained to enough charities. But I don't care how many of those you do. It is nothing but filthy rags in the sight of the Lord. The greatest righteousness of man is filthy rags, and the only way is through committing your whole life in faith alone to Jesus Christ. And so as we continue in this text, we see and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. I've already let you know that a day is to a thousand years and a thousand years to a day with the Lord. You can't figure God out and you can't count slackness. God is letting us know that this race is not a race for sprinters. It's not a race for those who live heavy weights. But it is a race for those who run endurance. Mile after mile, day after day, week after week, month after month. That's who the race is given to. And that's what kind of race we've got to run. I know sometimes it looks like things are falling all down around you. One week the service wasn't good, the next week it was. One week nobody seemed to come, the next week they did. Sometimes it seems like it's all over with. Everybody is falling away. But I'm telling you, this is the endurance race. Jesus Christ promised that on the rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against me. You have to believe that and trust it. No matter how things look, you keep on working, you keep on crossing the field because God is the one in the end who will build his church. And he said that it will be as a number that's more than the sand of granules on the seashore. So you keep working. Right now, I don't see it looking like that, so I'm going to keep on working. Because I know God is not a man that he should not. But the text goes on to let us know that we need to look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. For the joy that was set before him, he despised the shame and he endured the cross to the very bitter end. One 